This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about the 1947 Flying Saucer Wave. That's correct, the 1947 Flying Saucer Wave. Now, a lot was going on back in 1947. Remember, in June of that year, Kenneth Arnold had his sightings of those nine uh, flying saucer discs, as he called them, over Mount Rainier, Washington. Uh, in July, the first, week, the first week of July there, we had the Roswell incident where a crashed UFO and bodies were reported. And then, of course, we know that the uh, Department of Defense came in and just completely snuffed that story out. And we had flying saucer stories happening in Kentucky, in Idaho, just all over the place. In particular, we had a couple, well, more than a couple sightings, actually, in St. Louis. And so many, in fact, that it was reported as the flying saucer scare down there in St. Louis. Now, this article comes to us from St. Louis Dispatch, uh, dated July 7th, 2023, talking about that. It says, flying saucer scares kept St. Louis on edge in 1947. Nova Hart and his father-in-law, J.H. Jackson, saw the mysterious thing soaring noiselessly over their July 4th picnic near Crevecourt Lake in what is now Maryland Heights. Hart said it was silver, gray, and round. Quote, Our wives saw it too, and so did some people in an automobile who stopped when they saw us looking up, said Hart, then of 3969 A Street, Ferdinand Avenue in St. Louis. I can say I can say it certainly was strange, and none of us drinks a drop. So there you have it. They've given you names, dates, and places. Pretty good reporting. Hart and Jackson were the first St. Louisians to report one of the flying saucers that suddenly were all over the American sky in the summer of 1947. Some newspapers called them flying discs. Eventually, the accepted term became unidentified flying object or UFOs. So see, this July 4th sighting would have actually been before the reports of Roswell came out. I think that's important to keep that in mind. The article goes on and says, The first sighting was made June 25th, 1947 by private pilot Kenneth Arnold, who said he saw nine saucers zipping at 1,200 mile per hour east of Seattle. It says, uh, Another aviator spotted them over Bakersville, California. Sightings poured in from Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Idaho, and Kentucky. Among the witnesses were the Idaho lieutenant governor and a weather bureau meteorologist. Thus began an enduring national craze. So you've got some pretty reliable witnesses there if you have the Idaho lieutenant governor and a federal meteorologist. Now the article continues. It says, Military brass scoffed, then dispatched fighter planes to search for saucers. If some foreign power is sending flying discs over the United States, it is our responsibility to know about it, an Army Air Force spokesman said. Just like today, they first they ignore it, then they try to debunk it, and when that doesn't work, then they try to pretend like they're concerned, which is what's going on here. The wave hit St. Louis on July 25th when Hart told his story. One evening later, Dr. Walter Hoffer, 23, Black Creek Lane in Ladue, saw six saucers flying southeast in formation. People in Shrewsbury, Webster Groves, and South St. Louis also saw them. 
George Malcolm, 5632 Thalazon Avenue, described the six as silver streaks floating in the air. They were round and made no noise. So you have a mass sighting of these UFOs. They described them as flying saucers. This is, this is just after the Kenneth Arnold sighting, just before the uh, Roswell uh, sighting. So you have these saucers moving across the sky, and they described them as having streaks. It's like, it, almost like they were comets, one person uh, said. But they were standing still, so they couldn't have been comets. So you see these UFOs. First, we have the one hovering above the park, broad daylight. Now we have these, they're being seen at various times. Uh, it says what, in, in the evening, and they're saying that they have streaks trailing behind the craft. Reports came from 38 states and Canada. Newspapers dutifully contacted scientists who suggested weather balloons, reflections from searchlights, vivid imaginations, generalized fear of world peril. One California physicist cited the transmutation of atomic energy. What you have here is uh, the the typical journalist contacting the authority figure. The authority figure uh, in uh, synchronicity with the government is uh, building this parallel narrative. And what that involves is just making up all kinds of silly excuses. Not using one bit of uh, critical thinking or you know following the scientific method or anything like that. There already was enough serious news in 1947 to keep Americans on edge. The Iron Curtain ran across Eastern Europe. The Soviets coveted the atomic bomb. Communists were gaining in China. Could a visit from outer space be so unlikely or unwelcome? Well, I don't know. These things do seem to be attracted uh, to places where there's a lot of uh, suffering or a lot of drama happening. And maybe they were here in response to us letting off all of those nuclear bombs. Who knows? So the article finishes up here. It says, Inevitably, reports trailed off, undone by mockery and pranksters. On July 9th, nearly 100 people called the Post-Dispatch to report disc plunging from the sky. It turned out three pilots had dropped them in a publicity stunt for their flying school near Fenton. That sounds like a really bad idea to me. And this is something we see a lot. I mean, anytime you have uh, a UFO wave of sightings like this, you're always going to have some knucklehead out there trying to exploit the opportunity. It doesn't change the fact that you had all these reliable witnesses report basically the same thing and and these sightings that happened over a period of several days, but not just in St. Louis. This was going on all across the country. Now, I want to take a look at another uh, article I found. This was really, I had to get off in the weeds to find this. The website's called unexplainable.net, and it's still dealing with uh, this wave of UFO sightings, in particular the ones that happened around St. Louis. Now, I'm not sure. Uh, it looks to me like the person that posted this posted uh, basically uh, the copy of the report that was that was uh, there from the newspaper article. It, you can go to the website and read it yourself. There, I found a couple typos in it, but we'll get through it. Now, they posted this on November 24th, 2005. So this has just been hanging around out there on the Internet for what, 18 years? But I love looking at these old newspaper articles from back in the day. And this one here uh, says it came from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, dated July 3rd, 1947. And he's got it here on his website. It says, Army gets around to checking flying disc and is mystified. Dateline, Washington, July 3rd. 
Now remember, the dateline on this article is July 3rd, 1947. And that first sighting reported in St. Louis was July 4th and hit the papers on July 5th. Now, of course, before that, we had the sightings in Kentucky. And of course, in June, we had the uh, Kenneth Arnold sighting uh, out in Washington. That was a famous one. But this is July 3rd, so just before the reports in St. Louis. It says, Army research experts can't explain the flying saucers reportedly seen in several western states, but they are investigating. They said, the Army Air Force has checked all their research authorities and contractors, but none of them knew or could suggest anything concrete about the saucers. At first, Army officers laughed off the reports. Now they're beginning to take them at least a little seriously. At any rate, the Air Force Research Center at Wright Field, Ohio, is looking into the reports and all service intelligence agencies are at work on them. Remember, July 3rd, this is even before Roswell, Army experts suggested as a bare possibility that some civilian inventor has been making experiments of some kind. Sounds like they're grasping at straws. The possibility that the disc might be of foreign origin was indirectly put forward by an Army Air Force spokesman who said, if some foreign power is sending flying disc over the United States, it is our responsibility to know about it and take proper action. See how they're diverting attention just like now. You, you spot the UFOs and the first thing they say is, well, it could be the Russians or the Chinese. Same thing happening back then. Meanwhile, eight more names were added to the list of persons who say they have seen strange objects in the sky. E.E. E. Unger, meteorologist in charge of the United States Weather Bureau in Louisville, Kentucky, said today he saw one of the mysterious disc objects last night when leaving a Louisville theater. So that would have been July 2nd that one was spotted in Louisville, Kentucky. And you got this other one spotted on July 4th in St. Louis. In Boise, Lieutenant Governor Donald S. Whitehead revealed that, at, that last June 24th, the day Kenneth Arnold of Boise, Idaho, said he saw speeding objects wavering through the air along the slopes of Mount Rainier, he and Head Justice of the Peace, J.M. Lampert, observed a strange comet-like object hanging in the western sky. There you go. Same day Kenneth Arnold has his famous sightings. These guys say, hey, we saw a saucer too, but this one looked like a comet because it had a trail behind it. J.M. Lampert observed a strange comet-like object hanging in the western sky. Dick Rankin, a former Portland, Oregon flyer with more than 7,000 hours of airtime, declared he saw the mysterious disc over Bakersville, California, going three to 400 miles an hour on June 23rd. So there you have sightings on June 23rd, June 24th, July 2nd, July 4th. They just keep happening over and over and over. And that's not even considering the crash UFO at Roswell, that happened a little before July 8th. Now, the the person that posted this website does have some, uh, I think, insightful comments. We'll take a look at those. Now, there's this comment that I really liked. It says, I find it interesting to note at this time, the quoted witnesses are not yet, as Mr. Bill Moore phrased, two farmers along the Mississippi River. I hope you don't mind me quoting you, Mr. Moore, but are... E.E. Unger, United States Weather Bureau Meteorologist, Donald S. Whitehead, Lieutenant Governor, Boise, Idaho, J.M. Lampard, Head Justice of the Peace, and Dick Rankin, a former flyer with 7,000 hours flight time. So you're talking about people that we would consider to be reliable witnesses. It would seem to me that the meteorologist would have been able to identify a weather balloon if he had seen one. Guy's got a point. And it would also seem difficult for a weather balloon to travel 300 to 400 miles an hour if it had been a weather balloon as stated by the pilot who again would seem to me to be a reliable source 
as to the velocity of the object he saw. Obviously, this guy's flying an airplane for 7,000 hours. He probably knows how fast something's going. And, of course, you have a lieutenant governor and a head justice of the peace, hardly incompetent sources. In later articles, when the Army and Navy began a concentrated campaign to stop the rumors, and we'll go to that article next, the citizens are told that hundreds of these weather balloons are sent aloft by many organizations through the U.S. each and every day. We saw the same argument with the UFO that was shot down over Lake Huron. If, if it's not a party balloon, then it's just a quote-unquote research balloon put up by a balloon club. Kind of stretching that, I think. The articles are there, it says, and look for yourself. Now, we will do that. We'll take a look right now at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch article from July 8th. So you can see things were kicking into high gear by July 8th. So you had the story break about the UFO crash in Roswell, New Mexico. And that was out there for about a minute. And then everything had to kick into high gear because all heck broke loose. And so what I think we forget sometimes was that the Roswell crash report came on the heels of all these other UFOs. I mean, Roswell wasn't just this isolated event. Uh, Roswell happened after you had the wave in St. Louis and Kentucky and Idaho and Washington. So you have all these sightings building up to an actual crashed UFO. Something obviously was going on there. But instead of giving us transparency and clarity, the U.S. government decided to give us a parallel narrative. Now let's begin with this article. This reporter here also comes from the St. Louis Dispatch, and it looks like it's July 8th. Now remember, that's the day that the Roswell report came out. So when they, when they first reported that, hey, we found these crashed spaceship, and there's dead bodies, and you know, it just swept the nation, of course. Now, it looks like they're doing some backtracking here. It says, Army tells what disks are not Washington, July 8th. Official Washington was sure today that it knew what the flying saucers wore not, but it hadn't the faintest idea what they wore. The Army Air Forces said they had the matter under investigation. Preliminary study has disclosed that the flying disks are not, number one, secret bacteriological weapons designed by some foreign power, Number two, new type army rockets, or number three, spaceships. Privately, some Air Force officers say the saucers are not and let it go at that, but officially the AAF, that's the Army Air Force, said it is keeping an open mind because the discs have been reported by so many normally responsible persons. So apparently this article came out the same day as the report from Roswell, but I don't see Roswell mentioned here, so this must have just broke at the same time the story broke out there. That just shows you how crazy this UFO wave was. No such phenomena can be explained by any experiments being conducted by the AAF. The official report said the statements of witnesses are being correlated in an effort to identify the reported objects. Rear Admiral Paul F. Lee, director of the Naval Research Laboratory, said tersely, we concur in the Army announcement a guided missile expert attached to the Naval Research Laboratory said he had seen one of the saucers. Dr. C.J. Zahn said he and two fellow scientists reported it June 29th at White Sands, New Mexico, 
When he reported, when he reported the finding to the army, he said he got nothing but knowing smiles. That's one of their own guys, a, a, a rocket scientist. He says, "Hey, we saw one of these things at White Sands, June 29th, would have been five days after Kenneth Arnold sightings, and about a week before uh, Roswell." We noticed a glare in the sky, he said. We looked up and saw a silvery disc whirling along. We watched the thing for nearly 60 seconds, and then it simply disappeared. It didn't go behind a mountain range. At one point, it was clearly visible, and then it just wasn't there. Wow. So you're talking about something that almost seems either it's just moving so fast you can't see it or it's interdimensional. But this just shows you uh, how fast were things were happening in 1947 in July. You had these multiple sightings in June and July. And then the same day uh, that, that, that this Roswell uh, crash is reports released, at the same time, you've got this basically a debunking effort going on by the Army Air Force against the sightings that have happened so far in the last month. So right as the Air Force or the Army Air Force is trying to debunk the current sightings, boom, one crashes in Roswell, New Mexico. And those guys must have been so busy. Now, I want to take a look at one last uh, article. Now, I want to finish up here by taking a look at this Kenneth Arnold sighting. It's kind of thought to be the sighting that really kicked things off as far as UFO awareness in the United States in the modern era uh, back in June of 1947. We do know that other people had witnessed craft before Arnold came forward, but by him having the courage to come forward and report these things, it just opened up uh, a whole new avenue of disclosure. This article here is from the Spokane Review. Uh, it's written by Chris Apple. Title says, UFOs over Washington. On June 24, 1947, 73 years ago, Wednesday, automatic firefighting system company owner and licensed pilot Kenneth Arnold of Boise, flying from Chalet to Yakima, spotted nine large metallic-looking objects flying rapidly over near Mount Rainier. It would be the first of many reports of flying saucers or unidentified flying objects from around the world. While flying to Yakima on a sales call, Arnold read about a downed Marine C-46 transport that had crashed near Mount Rainier in January. With skies clear and a little time on his hands, Arnold lingered over the area in hopes of spotting the wreckage and earning a $10,000 reward. That would have been a tremendous amount of money. And if you look at the map here, you can see this sighting happened just kind of in the south-central part of the state, right there over Mount Rainier. What a scenic place to spot these things at. Arnold gave up his re his search shortly before 3 p.m. and was proceeding to Yakima when a series of bright flashes caught his eye. At first, he thought the objects might be geese, but they seemed to reflect an awful lot of sunlight, as if someone had started an arc light in front of my eyes, Arnold would say. So that's like looking at a welding light. It's pretty bright. And they appeared to be moving incredibly fast. Arnold figured the objects were 25 or 30 miles away and flying at an altitude of 10,000 feet. Of course, you know, about two miles. Judging from their distance, speed, and size against the mountaintop, the objects passed in front of and behind Arnold. He estimated the size of each to be larger than a DC-10 airliner. It's pretty good sized and moving about 1,200 miles per hour, which would have suggested the craft were traveling at nearly twice the speed of sound. The first Air Force pilot to break the sound barrier wouldn't do that until October, four months later. Of course, that was Chuck Yeager. We certainly wouldn't, wouldn't have had nine of those airplanes to do that with. Once he was back on the ground, Arnold filed a report of his sighting. He said the objects didn't, didn't alarm him. 
He had just assumed they were some kind of experimental aircraft, but the military was baffled by the report, so they claim. Both the Army and the FBI would interview Arnold and come away impressed by his character and apparent integrity, but they had no clue what Arnold had seen or what might travel that fast. As far as we know, nothing flies that fast except a V-2 rocket, which travels about 3,000 500 miles an hour, an Army spokesman in Washington, D.C. told reporters, and that's too fast to be seen. Everyone says I'm nuts, Arnold told the Associated Press, and I guess I'd say it too if someone else reported those things, but I saw them and watched them closely. It seems impossible, but there it is. Arnold described the objects as being flat like a pie pan and saucer shaped. So that's what reporters wrote in the news stories. Headlines flashed around the country of flying saucers. Arnold didn't enjoy the the publicity in the least. A preacher in Texas told his flock the sighting was a harbinger of doomsday. Later that week, Arnold was in Pendleton, Oregon for an hour for an air show when a woman in a cafe recognized him from the newspaper reports and ran out of the joint sobbing, there's the man who saw the men from Mars. However, Arnold spent $150 on a new camera with a telescopic lens just to be ready if he saw the flying pie pans. You know, he sounds like a pretty reliable guy. It, it, what's it say here? He owned his own company, uh, automatic firefighting system company owner. He was, just wasn't a salesman or employee. I mean, he owned his own company. Uh, he looks like a real well-dressed guy in the picture. He didn't have anything to gain by this. He, he really didn't. There would be no reason for him to come forward with the sighting. And it really was what seems to have kicked off the awareness, at least, in UFOs on a mass scale. Now, there were other sightings. We see here July 5th, 1947, Boise, Idaho. That's the one we talked about. Shortly after takeoff on a, light, on a flight from Boise to Portland, Oregon, United Airlines Captain E.J. Smith and his co-pilot Ralph Stevens see five flying discs. Smith later tells reporters that before his own sighting, he had been skeptical of Arnold's widely reported account. So you got... June 24th, Arnold, you got sightings on what, the 25th, you got sightings on July 5th, sightings on July 4th, July 2nd, and then Roswell, July 8th, well, it says here 7th, and then it says here January 7th, 1948, Air National Guard pilot Thomas Mantell, that was a sighting there, they claim he blacked out because he went too high and ran out of oxygen, they don't know that, I mean, that's just the official story, you had 19... Uh, July 24th, 48, uh, Montgomery, Alabama, the crew of a DC passenger liner flying from Houston, Alabama, passes a glowing, fast-moving, wingless, torpedo-shaped craft that appears to have two rows of lit windows. Air Force investigators say they probably saw a meteor, because meteors always have windows in them, right? And, you know, you got one here in North, in, uh, uh, North Dakota, where the plane came back with too much radioactivity. That's October 10th, 1948, McMinnville, Georgia. 1950, Great Falls, Montana, 1950, Lubbock, Texas, 51, Washington, D.C., 52, Norfolk, Virginia, 52. The list just goes on and on. Anyway, uh, really cool stuff. 1947, uh, the UFO wave, I think that really changed how we view UFOs uh, in the United States and the spectacular courage of of uh, Mr. Arnold to come forward and share his experience along with these folks in St. Louis who just said, this is what we saw. This is, you know, and, and we don't care if anybody believes us. We just, we know what we saw. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.